Welcome to the podcast from St. Paul's with St. Barnabas Church. For more information, please go to stpauls.co.uk. Hi, everyone. Um, it's good to be here. I'm Mark. Um, for those of you who maybe don't know me, I am a young adult here at St. Paul's. And um, I think I just want us to go through um, this passage tonight and walk through it um, step by step. And we're going to be looking at what new birth is. What does it mean to be born again um, in the spirit? And there's two things I'm going to ask you as a congregation. Number one is give me a lot of grace because as all of you, um, God is doing a new thing in me. And what that is, is that normally I come very prepped for a sermon in terms of I write every single word out that I'm going to preach. And I really feel that God um, in this preparation for this sermon has been saying more like just leave space, um, be a bit more flexible. Um, but that's scary for me because I'm an engineer and I like perfection and I like to know exactly what I'm doing. Um, so if the slides don't quite marry up or we skip a few or um, however it goes, just give grace um, to me. And then the second thing I'm going to ask is that we're going to walk through this passage and I want to drop a question to you to mull over for the week ahead. And that question is going to be, do you live in the truth of being born again as a child of God? And so my attempt this evening is for you to essentially understand that being born again um, is deserving to God of the utmost um, glory and worship. And I think this is, this is kind of a hard one because so often we think of being born again as like, I don't know if you've come across evangelical, like maybe Pentecostal Christians who say I'm a born again Christian. And for us, I think at St. Paul's or maybe in the Church of England, that seems like kind of a, a thing that we don't really say that often. So sometimes it can seem a bit alien to us. And, and I think what I really want us to, to think of is actually this is not a negative connotation to be born again. It's a real hope and it's a real joy. And we're going to um, just remember that it was Jesus himself who says in the passage tonight, you must be born again. And so um, he's answering one of the most vital questions we can ask um, here on this earth, which is um, how do I uh, essentially gain eternal life? And so that's what uh, the the premise of um, the question being asked tonight is. And so we're going to be through kind of this question, looking at the crust um, of the gospel message. And the gospel is essentially, um, if we look at the gospel of John, which we are working through as a church it's just looking at the life of Jesus it's looking at what he said what he did and the miracles he performed and it's speaking truth into our lives um, through the word of God and so to do that tonight we're going to look at three uh, scenes we're going to look at scene one which is the spiritual search so within us we're, we're spiritually hungry and we're looking for something Um, We're going to look at scene two, which is being born again in the Holy Spirit. So coming to know Jesus um, for the first time. Um, And then scene three, we're going to be looking at knowing the Holy Spirit is at work within us. So when we become a Christian, what does that look like? And and how can we know that the Holy Spirit is active and living um, within us? And so we're going to start at scene one, um, which is the spiritual search. So... I'm going to go through the Bible step by step. So if you don't have a Bible in front of you, grab one now. Um, come get one from the front, or it should be around the seats. Um, but we're going to be looking at um, John 3, uh, verses 1 to 18, and steadily work our way through that throughout the, um, through the evening. Uh, 
So we're looking at the passage where Jesus teaches Nicodemus, and it says um, this in the first two verses. It says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you were doing if God were not with him. And so... I just want us to, yeah, just be thinking about that. So Nicodemus, um, he's a Pharisee. He's from the Jewish ruling council. They're called the, the Sanderine, or someone's got, someone knows it better than me. Um, but essentially, they're these um, uh, council of really high religious Jews, and they, uh, they basically believe that they should follow the law um, that was set out in Moses to the T, and they're trying to write that down and make sure that they abide by it um, to the absolute uh, letter. And so I was trying to think, okay, so I'm trying to visualize Nicodemus coming to Jesus um, in the night. And I thought, well, you know what? Last week, we had a really interesting um, conversation, sermon, if you want to call it, talk around AI in the church and what that looks like. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to go on an AI image generator and ask it. I want a Middle Eastern Jesus uh, meeting a Jewish rabbi called um, Nicodemus to talk about um, new birth in the, uh, in the night. And this is what it gave me. And I kid you not, this is not a... This is not like someone's drawn this. This is completely AI. So just to like link to last week's sermon and bring it to the reality, um, there you go. A little bit of AI in the, in the sermon, but I'm not, I haven't written my whole sermon of AI, you'd be pleased to hear. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think what does it mean to associate with Jesus? And I just was thinking that this guy Nicodemus is a Jewish rabbi. Um, He's under such like social strain that actually this this Jewish council didn't really recognise um, Jesus as the Son of God, and they saw him as kind of this troublemaker and causing a lot of um, kind of upset and stirring within the Jewish community of the time. And this guy Nicodemus said, "You know what? Actually, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to step out and I'm going to go and meet um, Jesus to ask him questions that are on my heart." And there's a couple of things here. So, why did Nicodemus come to Jesus in the night? Um, there's a couple of takes on this. One is that um, because of this social pressure, he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. He didn't want people to know that he was, he was approaching Jesus' feet. And so um, he came at night, where typically you, don't, um, you can't see people and it's quieter. Um, and the other take on it is that actually Jesus is so surrounded with crowds when we read the Gospel of John. So many people are so engaged in what Jesus is saying, want to know and hear what he is um, speaking into their lives, that actually Nicodemus couldn't have that one-to-one time with Jesus if he was to come during the day, and so he came at night. But the main thing here is that Nicodemus was stirred. There's something more that this um, Jesus figure is talking about. He wanted to know and he wanted to ask um, those questions. And so for the first thing, Nicodemus is stirred that there's something more in his spiritual search. And I think when we look to Jesus, um, there's, uh, there's this thing that essentially, do we look at him as the Messiah, as the Son of God, or do we just think he's this historical wise figure? Now, I've I know that he's the son of God, and I believe that and truly have faith in that. Um, but the people this time, and maybe you're sat here tonight, are still wrestling with that question. And I think what is important to know is that um, Jesus talks about this place of heaven, a place of holiness. And if we're so broken, if we're born into a life where actually um, sin is all-encompassing, where we don't have that spiritual rebirth already, then heaven or a place of holiness seems like this unattainable thing for us. But actually what's so important is that... Um, 
Christ um, allowed our flesh, so this brokenness, this sinfulness, and where we sit, and heaven, this place of holiness, Christ kind of bridged that gap, and he allowed um, flesh and holiness to be unified um, through him in Christ. And so John's gospel starts um, with this poem um, that the word became flesh. And it says, and the word became flesh, this is, a bit, this is John 1, 14. It says, And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And at the, at the um, crux of it, that's the gospel message, Jesus coming um, to save us. And so God's grace in that he wants to connect with every single one of us, and he wants to know us, and he wants to, to, to see us. And so I think the question in the kind of spiritual search is, are you hungry and thirsty? Are you spiritually um, searching for something? Because when I have conversations with my friends, when we're having a conversation over lunch with my colleagues, um, when I'm talking to people maybe um, out and about in the public, I think everyone is searching for something. Everyone is spiritually hungry. And people really are searching for that in this day and age. So often as a church, we think that um, people don't want to hear our message. But our message is so good. It's got so much um, truth. And it's got um, just like, yeah, it it breaks people uh, free. And we should be confident that people want to hear our message because people are really searching for something in this world. And so the question, if you're not a Christian, is are you stirred like Nicodemus? Are you wanting to know more about this Christ figure? And what I'd say to that, a great place to start the spiritual search is the Word of God. Um, In John 8, uh, 31 to 32, it basically says, abide in the Word and you will be set free. Um, It talks about the fact that the Word um, essentially uh, testifies to who Jesus is and... um, And through reading his words, um, we can get this hunger and this thirst and know more about him. Um, And that's a great place uh, for us to to start. Um, What I'd say on that as well is that sometimes we read the Gospels and we read about Jesus' life. And a lot of the time Jesus spoke in parables. And parables are almost these stories that if you're like me and you're looking for a really straightforward way of saying something, parables are the opposite of that and actually take a bit of time to understand and work out. And I think the best place for you to kind of um, delve into that is to um, come and ask um, myself, others in the church, come to join a life group, join Alpha, um, and start to ask those questions and, and really wrestle with what that looks like. Um, but the good news is this, is that it's not a one-sided search. If you're spiritually hungry, um, God is really seeking those who worship him in both spirit and truth. And he's going to come alongside you and he's um, going to be with you in that, in that search for him. So the second scene is being born again. And so in this, I kind of just wanted to explain a bit about, um, again, if you're new to Christianity or um, you're listening online and you're, and you're new and you don't really understand what we're going to talk about and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I wanted to um, describe it. Now, I've been doing a lot of fire risk assessments um, for my new place I'm living um, as part of the managing company there. And three things you need to start a fire, and that's heat, oxygen, and fuel. And I thought, well, that's a really simple message, right? That you need all those things and it creates fire. Well, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And 
we're talking about the Trinity. So you may have come across this, but essentially it's God in three forms. The Father initiates all things, the Son accomplishes all things, and the Holy Spirit applies all things. And so just think of that tonight. If you're, if you're new to the concept of the Holy Spirit, think about that. The Holy Spirit applies all things, but it is God um, and God in three forms. And so as we continue in the passage in John 3, 3 to 8, thinking about what it means to be born again, Jesus replied to Nicodemus, who'd asked him um, these questions. He said, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So yeah, so what does it mean to be born again? And maybe for some of us, it means to love God with all our heart, our soul and mind. And what better or more wonderful event could it be to turn from our sin and to, to choose Jesus as, uh, as our Christ and to know his Holy Spirit encouraging us and leading us as a Christian, uh, to love God with all our heart, our soul, and mind. That sounds really inviting, and it's something that so many people here today will live in and know the truth of, and that's just something that's really beautiful um, to know uh, once you've accepted Christ. And in the, in the book of John, we see this figure, uh, this ro- wild and rugged figure called John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is essentially um, preparing the way for Jesus to come in terms of baptizing people in water. And he's this, he's this rugged guy who eats like, is it honey and locusts for, for like breakfast, lunch and dinner. But he's, he's baptizing people in water. And in the passage we read, it talked about the fact that we need to be baptized both in water, but also of the Holy Spirit. And so... I just wanted to, yeah, speak more into that, which is um, in, in that passage of, of John the Baptist, when you read it in um, the Gospel of John, which I encourage you to do, he talks about the fact that I baptize with water, is what John the Baptist says, and he says, um, essentially, Jesus is coming, and he's the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I, and he says, I have seen and I testify that God, this is God's chosen one, um, Jesus. And so I don't want to overcomplicate this message tonight in terms of what it means to be born again. Um, the first thing to know is that we are born into this earth. So we have an earthly birth, right? Every one of us came from our mother, and we were born um, through, um, through that. But then Jesus says we must be born again spiritually. And so we need this spiritual transformation, um, this change of heart, Um, needs to happen for us to be born again a second time. And it's this talk about the fact that we are born into this earth, but it's born into this kind of sinfulness and and brokenness. Um, And actually, our soul, we need to put our trust in Jesus to be born again, to kind of be made made pure, made made holy, so that one day we can enter um, the kingdom of heaven. And so everyone needs these two births. You need your earthly birth and you need your spiritual birth from, from above. And Jesus had a great deal to say on this. And, he, and in, in, 
a passage that I felt was, was relevant was John 5, 24. And it says, very truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, whoever, whoever hears my words, the Bible, um, and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. And so when we are spiritually born again, um, when we come to Christ, repent from our sin and receive Christ into our lives, that's what it means to be spiritually born again. And the good news in this is that that's not a step that we take by ourselves. God is alongside us in that. And one of the things that he gives us as Christians in that step is he gives us the Holy Spirit. And he says the Holy Spirit will indwell within you. And essentially, um, the Holy Spirit is a way of making us uh, or teaching us to become um, more righteous every day or more um, sanctified every day to know um, what it means to live, live out our lives as Christians. I want to encourage us that um, if we are Christians and we've accepted Jesus into our lives, that we don't need to worry about what it means or whether we've ticked the box, because it's really that simple. And we have this heavenly assurance of salvation, that if you have professed Jesus Christ as your saviour savior, and you truly believe it, then you are saved. And that's the end of the matter. Um, and so there's this beautiful verse as well, though, that when we accept Christ, we have a new identity, and we become children. We become children of God. So we don't just become children of our heavenly mother and father. We also become children of our heavenly father, um, Christ. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that actually we have this new birth, um, and therefore it's Christ that, that makes us new. And so a famous verse of this is, is Romans 8, and it says, um, and by him, Jesus, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself within us and dwells within us, testifies with, us, with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And I think just as we receive that new identity, our theme is this um, sermon series is, is a lot about worship. And I think just as Christians, when we know that truth, we just, just want to worship Christ. We want to bow on, bow on our knees. We want to sing out um, worship songs. But worship is more than that. It's about our everyday. And I, I really enjoyed a few weeks ago when we were talking about worship, and then we went to our life group, and we were like, hey, what is worship? And so often we see it as sung worship. Actually, it's stepping up um, each morning and saying, I'm going to read my Bible. That's worship. It's, it's um, not giving in to sin or temptation. That's worship. But there's so many things that just as we live our lives as, as Christians— that we are just worshipping Christ um, in, in so many things that we do. And that's a beautiful theme for us to just um, to hold to. And so if that's what it means to be born again, to have our, our spiritual rebirth, then I guess the question we come to is scene three, which is knowing the Holy Spirit is at work. And so in the... Uh, later bit of the passage in John 3, 9 to 15, it says this. Nicodemus asked, how can this be? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, uh, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? 
No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life um, in him. Um, Just, again, some context. So when it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, what this is talking to is is the passages in the Old Testament where... um, Lots of people have been bitten by snakes, and they were ill. And Jesus, sent, uh, sorry, God talks to Moses and says, um, "I want you to lift up this staff of a bronze snake." And those who looked upon the snake were healed. And it's a reflection that those of us who look upon Christ um, find this kind of new life, um, this healing power, this um, way that it just restores our soul, um, and uh, and Christ bridges that gap gap towards holiness. Now. One of our uh, priorities as a church is formation, and that's we believe that the Bible is the word of God and that it shapes who we are. We are called to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, bearing the fruit and ministering in the power of the Spirit, growing deeper in our love and knowledge of God through his word. And um, up here, again, is is one of those um, links in terms of formation, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And we believe that as we read the Bible as we have the Holy Spirit within us who transforms us. Um, We become more like the likeness of of Jesus, bearing the fruit and ministering in the power of his spirit um, and growing deeper in our love, um, both for God, but also our knowledge um, and love for his word. And so it's just this joy that for those of you who maybe have been Christians and, and listening attentively to these, these kind of spiritual hunger and think, yeah, I've already passed that point. And you're thinking, well, I'm a Christian. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, that means to be spiritually hungry still um, as a Christian, continually um, being form- formed into the presence of Christ. Now, we all get formed in different ways. And the question is not if you're a disciple of something is what are you a disciple of and how do we turn our hearts to be more disciples of Christ Um, how can we be convicted by our faith to say yes this is true this is what I believe I want to follow you Jesus I want to put a Netflix down at the end of the night and actually I want to worship you instead and I want to um, not scroll Instagram in the morning but I want to um, read my Bible it's all these things and the beauty of it is that we have a God-infused heart which slowly teaches us um, through his spirit how to live like Christ. And that's something just really beautiful to remember is that um, the Holy Spirit is with you as a Christian. And we can take delight in that as we, as we move forward to know that we have kind of this um, sanctification. And as we, we move to be just stirred, that to be born again in the spirit is something that we can take real, real joy um, within. And I think it's um, important as well to think that this is revival. Like, I know it sounds, we talk about revival in the church and like big things happening, but just think about revival on an individual basis, right? God is reviving you as a person. He is encouraging you. He's giving you new ways to see things. He's saying that actually your old self is dead and, and, put, that, and put that to the side and actually live in this new life. That's what revival is. And that's so just inviting and, and just, um, yeah, something that I, I really value in my, um, in my own walk with, with Christ as he, as he leads me and as he, um, yeah, just allows me to see my own spiritual pro- progress as I reflect on that, um, as it's rooted in God and what he's done. Um, and so we talked about our purpose, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And I'm just going to pick out, not all of these, but a few passages around um, 
around the Holy Spirit and what it says within particularly the book of John. Um, So Jesus refers to the Spirit as our helper. Um, He's with us forever and he dwells within us. And the Holy Spirit who is our helper is going to teach us things and bring to remembrance the things that I've said. Remember the the Bible passages, the way the Lord speaks um, and his promises to us. And the Holy Spirit can bear witness um, about Jesus um, to us. And he's also going to convict us um, concerning our sin as he guides us to declare the glory um, of Christ. Um, and then I said at the start of this uh, sermon around the topic that I want you to take into the week is how, um, how can we be born again, but also just to reflect and dwell on the fact that you have been born again. And one of the things that you can do as you take that into the week is look up this uh, passage and other passages like it, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and look at the fruits of the Spirit. So those of us who have accepted Christ will show fruits of the Spirit in, all that, we, um, in that we do day to day. And each of us will have at least one spiritual gift. And so just dig into that if you haven't looked into it before um, and understand what the gifts um, of the Spirit um, are. And so I just kind of want to wrap up by saying let's continue as Christians just taking joy in the fact that we have the Holy Spirit within us. We've been born again um, into this new life. And let us share our faith, not with a spirit of fear, but a spirit of freedom, just, that, um, just to let others know the gift that we received and to encourage others to do that, to, to remember that we haven't just had an earthly birth from our mother and father, but Christ partners with us, um, the bride, his church, um, to bring good news to the spiritually poor and to spread his word to all the nations. And what can we do and how can we play our part in that um, is a question um, for this week. And so I ask again, do you know and do you live in the truth of being born again um, as a child of God? And I just read that again. Do you live and do you know in the truth of being born again in, as a child of God? Um, and that's it. That's my, my sermon for tonight. That's what I just want to encourage you, a real simple message that we can be spiritually searching where some of us may be and let us come to Christ. We can be born again as new Christians and we can just take delight in all that God is doing and putting our sin to death. And then we can be lifelong Christians and still know the Holy Spirit within us um, working and, and transforming us. Um, and that's it. It's that simple. Um, and I just want to invite, as we kind of head back into worship and into prayer, um, just this response that we will be coming before God and just knowing um, him as our as our saviour and so i'm just going to um pray for us and then we'll open up a time of just response um there will be prayer um and the prayer team will be so delighted to pray with you and i think there's just this 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 um emphasis tonight of just come and pray like just bow before the knees whether it be coming to god for the first time or whether you just want to pray praise to god whether you just want to shout his name just come and pray and be really excited that's something um that we can we can do and do freely um and know Christ um, through the prayers that we pray um, and his responses to them. So, yeah, let's um, settle our hearts and let us just pray um, over tonight's passage. Yeah, Lord, we're just so thankful for the simple message of truth, um, that when we bow before you and when we accept you, Jesus, as our, as our Savior, as our Christ, um, when we make that decision for the first time, it just brings us so much beauty and so much joy um, into our lives. It sets us free and it pushes us to know you more and more every day. 
Lord, I pray for us who have been Christians a long time, just to be excited and just to have that kind of excitement of new birth again in our hearts, um, to be stirred by your spirit into what you're leading us to, what's next for us, um, and where you're guiding us. Let us be more like you every day, Lord, to do what you did, um, to know that your formation is taking place. It's real, it's living, it's active, and it's something that we can just take real delight and just to share our passion amongst the nations. And I pray for those who maybe um, you're still spiritually searching. You wouldn't say that you're a Christian yet or you've accepted Christ um, into your life. And I really just pray, Lord, that you would just stir their hearts, Lord. Um, And Lord would just be working within you just so that you would know um, his Holy Spirit, just stirring that question of wanting to ask more, wanting to ask why, wanting to ask what. And and Lord, that you would come alongside that um, through your word, just be stirring um, an insight there. Um, Come this evening, let us worship your name. Let us sing uh, your goodness and let us just be just attentive um, to your word and how your spirit is working within us. And so we praise you, Lord, um, Lord of um, eternal life. And Lord, we just pray um, so many thanks and so much worship um, to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.